0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast episode 97. Oh, we're getting close to 100. I haven't told you who I've got planned for the 100th episode because it might fall through. So until I've got it recorded, I'm not going to say because p- p- people keep asking if I've got big plans for the 100th episode. I've got big plans for every episode, man. I, I-, I-, I love doing this and I'm proud of the of the content and quality that we put out every week regardless of if you've heard of the person or not i genuinely think we've not had a dud um in a long time anyway there was one that i've mentioned that i wasn't too i didn't feel i nailed it on it's not a slight on the guest but i won't go into that in detail now but yeah episode 97 is he sooty amazing guest and what a wonderful woman and incidentally i think the best polaroid that we've taken so far um just throw in that out there as a lot of you know i'll take a, a, a golden polaroid to to label each episode and generally the polaroid film's pretty rough it makes us look bad um the ed scryan one the other week ed scryan is a gorgeous man he's a handsome dude and we both look pretty ropey in that polaroid it's not it's not flattering it's not pleasant but but this polaroid with izzy i think both of us are looking pretty decent so i'm putting that up there as possibly the best looking polaroid we've done of the podcast so far. Um We talk about a lot of things in this podcast. We, we talk about comedy, acting, drinks, hot drinks, music, cinema. Speaking of music, com. That's my label. You can head over there and support the podcast and the label. You can buy my Edinburgh Fringe Show. We talk about Edinburgh. M- my Edinburgh Fringe Show, for the digital download, it's just a fiver. £5. Pounds. I mean, how many hours of podcasts have you had for free here? Then you can go and pay £5 pounds to get a full show. So it's worth checking out. Um, it's spoken word and there's some, some gags thrown in there, which um, I was stunned to get g- good reviews on, all four and five star reviews, and we sold out 19 shows in a row. Speaking of Edinburgh, damn, my label compadres sage francis and b dolan are coming to the edinburgh fringe for their first time ever and they're doing 20 shows um all through august so you can go and check and ch- 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 that out now they're teaming up with S- synergy uh concerts or promotions but yeah i recommend you go and grab some tickets f- 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 for that now because that's going to be an amazing show it's their first time over doing the fringe i believe they're doing like a combined spoken word show it's going to be amazing um check them out um, yeah. What else do I need to talk to you about? The, ah, oh, the live show, the uh, distraction pieces live podcast is at the Leicester Square Theatre on August 3rd. August 3rd is my birthday and it's also the launch of my book, the distraction pieces podcast book, which is just hugely exciting. And I decided I, there isn't any, there isn't anyone I'd want to spend my birthday with more than you guys. Um, as you may have heard on my, I did a bonus podcast a few weeks ago. This podcast has become one of my favorite ways to communicate and to get things out to people rather than a status update or or type in a little tweet or whatever else it's nice to be able to have this this access to you guys and this this ability to talk and then hear back from you on social media and so on and so forth so yeah the distraction pieces podcast live is going to be a podcast with you guys so the way we're going to do it is i'm going to get up there and I'm going to get you all to form an orderly queue at the side of the stage. And rather than just pass a mic out and you ask a question and I answer and all this, you're going to come on stage, you're going to sit down with me, and we're going to have a chat. You know, you'll have a question or a topic or a view that you want to discuss or or express. And we'll talk th- th- through it a bit, all within reason. Obviously, there's people t- to get through. But that's going to be how it works. And we're, go- and we're going to record that on Wednesday, August 3rd. I'm going to do my best, actually, to get that up maybe on thursday so get it up immediately after so thursday or friday so that week will be a double week for podcasts so um yeah that's the plan there come along get involved i also gave details in the bonus podcast about the kind of the book tour type thing we're going to be doing up and down the country i gave details on the documentary that's on its way um yeah i recommend you go and check out the bonus podcast if you didn't get a chance because yeah, there was a lot of information on that. I also talked about Prince, who's my favourite record artist of all time, who passed away recently. So check that out. Um, I should get on with a podcast. Um, I'm going to talk to you afterwards, in case you, I've, I've been hyping this for a few weeks now, but there's a guest next week that I'm hugely excited for you all to hear. So I'll talk about that at the end, though. Am I going to... Shall I talk about it now? No, I'll talk about it at the end. This is Izzy Sooty on episode 97 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. <laughs> This piece of fiction is the intro of the This piece of fiction is the intro of the This piece of fiction is the intro of the This piece of fiction is the intent of the And we're going. We're there. Um I'm joined today by Izzy city How are you? I'm
1: fine. Yeah, I'm good.
0: Well, it's, it's nice to be here. Oh, thank you for welcoming me into your home. It's
1: fine. I'm, I've learnt that you don't
0: drink hot drinks. Yeah, I know. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable. How uncomfortable did well, it make you you, you you as a host.
1: I don't. I used to say that I didn't trust people who didn't drink tea or coffee.
0: Yeah, but so I get that.
1: But with you, because you said you didn't drink any hot drinks. Weirdly, yeah. really, it makes me trust you more than if you just didn't drink tea or
0: coffee. Yeah, I see. I I I, I see a, a liquid as something that makes sense to be cold. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to be hot for some reason. Tried- I drink stuff to cool down. I guess.
1: Have you tried hot
0: drinks? I had tea. I had a sip of my mum's tea once when I was about seven or eight. I don't think I've ever tried coffee, but I'm scared to try coffee since learning off QI that coffee doesn't actually give you energy. It just, it's your addiction that makes it seem like it's giving you energy. So if you've never had coffee, your energy level. Is the same as it would be when you've had a coffee if you're a coffee drinker. Okay, if that makes sense. Yes. So it's I'm scared to have my first coffee in case in case it brings me down and then I never I'll have to keep drinking coffee even if I don't like it. Essentially, yeah, yeah. I'll just be tied into it, which petrifies me.
1: It's terrible. I mean, it's up there with crack, isn't it? It
0: really is, and it it, it doesn't it doesn't count as a phobia because it's not irrational. That's a person. I think it's a perfectly rational fear of becoming addicted to to coffee essentially.
1: Yeah, maybe that's why you don't want tea either. But I mean tea, I, I the reason I like tea is I think it's very comforting and sometimes I don't even drink all of it. I just like holding.
0: It's very British, isn't it? Yeah. And to have a warm drink to warm your hands and warm yeah. your your soul. It's it's therapeutic in that way, I guess.
1: How how hot would you go if you if there was some water out and it was a hot day and it had got to room temperature would would you be able to
0: drink it? I genuinely top up nice little <laughs> bottles of tap water in my fridge just and when i used to drink orange i used to always drink orange squash was my drink and i'd normally drink that from water i'd put in the fridge so it was already to get really, cold so, so i hadn't really realized but cold it's tap. really i'm really into it being very cold
1: but you don't use ice
0: um i use ice in in soft drinks but not in water for some reason it feels i can get my water to an appropriate l- l- a level with the right amount of preparation anyway yeah. so Yeah. It's my own fault. Um, I'm strict with ice. Um, I don't like it if someone would pour me a drink and then put ice in. Okay. Because that's not how you cool a drink. You should put the ice in first so it cools over the ice. Otherwise, it's like putting an ice cube in a bath. You're just going to heat up the ice cube rather than cool the bath. Does that make sense? Yeah, I've never
1: thought about that, but... Yeah, it seems like it shouldn't be an afterthought. The ice should be
0: in there first, and then yeah. every bit is going over the ice, so it's cooling gradually rather than you're trying to cool that individual area and then yeah. spread that over the whole drink.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's like it. It's like when sometimes people make you a cup of tea and it's not strong enough, and they put an, a tea a new tea Another bag in the top in. of, it, and it's like, oh no, that's not gonna.
0: Are you a milk first or milk afterwards? Um, you know, this is a drink based podcast. Yes, right? that's, that's generally fine. What I've got all my <laughs> drink material Perfect. ready.
1: I'm writing an hour on milk, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, this, is, this is going to be great. Um, I put if it's uh if it's a teapot, I put the milk in first. Right. But I always put too much in because mm. I'm not used to putting it in first. Yeah. and I get really annoyed because it looks weak. Um, I, I saw a picture
0: yeah. a, a, a recently that a good tea sh- it should be the colour of He Man's skin. Oh, okay, which was great. They had a, they had a picture to illustrate it, and it was perfect. <laughs> he Man's skin is exact exact good tea colour from what i know having never drunk tea but i've made tea obviously in in child labour for my parents yeah. over the years
1: maybe that's why you've got this phobia of it though if you used to make it you're like a slave apparently i make a really good cup of, of tea yeah in
0: fact i should have offered you a cup of yeah, tea when i came should. in well, and we've, said,
1: got, we've got 90 minutes so <laughs> got, yeah perfect. I mean, is that the colour i suppose that yeah, yeah.
0: about he-man's skin yeah. i mean that looks a Bit like you've rushed it a little bit, like the tea bags up to be a bit in and then yeah, that's on the way. true. You
1: really are. I'm,
0: I know my tea, even though I don't wow. drink it. Um, I've prepared some questions. The first one was "How are you," which I think we've nailed. I feel like we have. The next one was "What are you?" Because it, okay. it, it is, and I, I don't mean that in as comical a way as it sounds. <laughs> but it is great because you, you you write, you act, you do stand-up you do music and not only music in your stand-up you do music outside of that as well so yeah how do you see yourself or do you not is it a beautiful thing to not have to categorize I guess
1: yeah I suppose I'm quite happy that I don't I'm quite happy to jump from thing to thing Mm. and I quite like I'll be doing some stuff like solo stuff when I get bit lonely I suppose at times yeah um, and then I'll get an acting job where I'm with other people the whole time and that's such a nice thing to yeah. not have control over everything and to just sort of go oh you'll you'll tell me what time to be there and you know what to yeah. wear and everything and what put to say. that in
0: someone else's hands yeah
1: exactly and then you're part of you're like a cog in a big machine and it's lovely to see I, I love I love filming for that reason I love like Learning about what the focus puller does and stuff like yeah. that, which I've started to do in the last couple of years. Like talk to the crew more and go, "What job would I do if I was on the other side of?" I've decided that I do continuity because I'm quite sort of anal about, yeah. like you know, I moved I moved the cup of tea to my mouth on that line or whatever.
0: And 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 have you brought that up in in acting gigs? Because I've I've only just started acting, and, and there's been a few points I felt really awkward because I've I'm in no place to comment or qualified, but there'll be certain bits I'll be just. So you know, I was. It, this was after an explosion, yeah, so I did have a hard, little yeah. bit more here. And my thinking there is, it's way easier for you to remember your own continuity than for one person to have to make note of twenty people in a scene, and particularly with a TV s- series where you could be jumping from episode to to episode. So,
1: yeah, I know what you mean, but I still think they're probably on the whole, I trust them more than me. Yeah, because um, when I look at their notes, it's like. Yeah unbelievably detailed like bits of pencil everywhere about what people are doing i think there are definitely a few times though yeah. when you're like oh you know i was wearing a mask in this scene and now i'm not like kind yeah. of thing because think big <laughs> things like that can go unnoticed because people are sort of focusing on on, the smallest on, on, stuff. on
0: minute details yeah, yeah but on
1: the whole like, i think it's yeah i think that is the job that i do but i reckon it I take a lot of training i was thinking about the other day i was thinking would i make notes in shorthand and how would you do it because you're right you have got to if there's five characters in a scene yeah you know, you've got watched watch the rehearsal and then you're thinking, and it's also when to bring something up. Like, I guess you've got to have a good relationship with the director to sometimes they might go, hugely, because it, it
0: can feel as if you're the nagging party yeah, or the, someone there to say, that's not, and again, if it's a tiny thing, but it's still important. But and you've got to know that some got actors got who are difficult, on. I've
1: seen some actors go, I know, I know, or leave me yeah. alone. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard, you sort of constantly kind of to and fro. But, yeah, I liked, really, really liked doing a bit of everything. And yeah. I like, I love writing stuff on my own. And I love, I've done music for a long time since I was really young. So that feels like something that will sort of always be my friend and yeah. be with me wherever I am.
0: It, it must be kind of nice to jump between all these things in that way that you can't really get that bored or sick of anyone because a, a with a, a working with other people, for example, it could get to a point where you're so surrounded by the same people and you kind of just want that space. And that, in a way, whereas someone else in that situation might finish an acting gig and just hide away and play computer games for a month, you can kind of go away and do something else creative, which yeah. it's a great balance, right? And it seems to be a why you seem to have such a, a regular and high output of different... Projects and things. Yeah,
1: I'm quite bad at things. Still, like I, yeah. so, I, sometimes have to tell myself not to do anything. Like yesterday, um, I went to the cinema in the day on my own, and oh, I haven't that's done the best that. Best way to go for, to the cinema. Yeah, years. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I know it's brilliant. It's I got so um, nice. some biltong. have you ever had, you don't eat meat a lot, do you?
0: But I do eat a bit of meat. Is that yeah. like the dried? Stuff.
1: Do you know what biltong is like? Yeah. Drink, drink hot drink. Uh, yeah, it's like don't the But like
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good for you, isn't it? I've, I think it's supposed I've, to be quite. I don't good think for I've you, ever yeah. had it, but it's really it's it's high in protein. Yeah. And it's, it's it's gets rid of a lot of the badness in it because you're not cooking it in oils. Yeah, and stuff like that's that.
1: right. And it's like you get it in like a packet that lasts for two years. It's yeah. a little bit like space food. That's it.
0: On on paper, it should be the worst thing for you in the Definitely. world because it's a packet of meat. Yeah you just open and tuck into as and when.
1: Yeah, it's like a packet of crisps, just a packet yeah. of meat. I mean, it meat seems crisps. wrong. They yeah. should just
0: call them meat crisps. I think I if think they that's, did, a lot more people would eat them. it it'd go down a treat. So, yeah. So what did you go and see? Victoria. How was it? Oh, I it. Is it all in it. one shot or yeah. it's all uh, set up to be in one shot? I it mean? is in one it shot. It is in one well, shot. Well, I
1: mean... I. I didn't meet the director personally, but uh,
0: yeah, I, yeah.
1: <laughs> it is in it, it, I think it is. And having read sort of
0: some stuff about it, I think and they did it? three it's, takes. It's, 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 it's European, isn't it? I yeah, it's set in what, Berlin. In Berlin, right.
1: Oh man, it's really, really good. And its it isn't, doesn't feel gimmicky at all. The acting's
0: spectacular and it's like really edge of your seat. It's weird. It seems to have snuck up out of nowhere because I only noticed it a week ago and it yeah. seemed to be, I think it was on one of the on-demand things. I was like, that... I looked up and it had really good reviews. It's like, I've not heard of this at all, but suddenly it seems to be here and looks Yeah, cause it said
1: 2015. I guess it must have come out over there.
0: Right, and then an it's early... probably had some award yeah. l- l- oh, love and is now all over it the has. place.
1: It, it, honestly, it's, it's beautiful. It really is. It's really um, like... It, it's like an action film with... Where you sympathise with all the characters, the Amazing. bad ones and the good ones, like it's, but also it's like a documentary because it's so naturally acted and um, yeah, I thought it was spectacular. I didn't even open the biltong. That's how I grip I Wow! I got biltong and these um, <laughs> honeycomb things. It was like squares of honeycomb with half of it dipped in chocolate. I ate all, all of those. Uh, did you
0: bring these in yourself, or did you go to a fancy cinema? And that's I went the to a fancy cinema in
1: Brixton, my, my, my nearest cinema. Yeah. And I, got, I bought them there, but Brilliant. I took an apple in.
0: Nice. I hope they're
1: not listening.
0: That's outrageous, isn't and it? i like, a last... small
1: apple. I didn't eat that either.
0: The last time I went to a cinema in, in Brixton, I went to the, the Ritzy, is it?
1: Yeah, that's where I went.
0: Um, yeah. And amazing s- cinema. I went to see Dead Man's Shoes on its first run, which absolutely blew me away.
1: So that was a while ago, wasn't it? It was a,
0: it was a long while back, and there's a reason that's the last time I went, because two people chose um, to sit behind me, and one of them had been away... Traveling for five years, and that was the first time they'd met up since that the, they'd been away. And they chose the cinema to <laughs> well, to catch you, up you. in that manner. And it was it was a similar one where it was hardly anyone else in there, and it was that real thing of like, it just killed me. They were just so and away. What,
1: what was it? Two blokes?
0: um Yeah, no, it was a guy and a girl, but it wasn't a relationship type.
1: Okay, a,
0: a type guy and girl. Um, and they were just having a good old catch up was and going it like through. Really,
1: I, I found Goa is so spiritual and stuff. Yeah, like that.
0: it was really, it was oh that kind of God. thing, and really deep, and really. Oh, and then there was this one week where we just didn't see civilizer and all this kind of. Thing. It was like, it, I mean, to be honest, it sounded like a great trip. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on their trip, but <laughs> it wasn't the time for them to hear about it, and it will never be the time for me to hear about it. Sadly, the thing so. is,
1: you'd never do that in a
0: play. No, yeah, exactly. It's bizarre, and cinemas, I do find. I'm, I mention it a lot in the podcast, but I'm in, in love with this cinema experience. I think it's one of the few things that... It hasn't been ruined by progressions in t- in technology. Yeah. I Watching a film at home, even though I love films, I can't help but glimpse at my phone or look around yeah. my living room or anything else. Whereas in the cinema, it's the one place yeah. where you're just so engrossed in it. And it's...
1: Yeah. I totally agree. I think it's got an almost magical aura around it for me, especially going on my own in the day. Because yeah. when I started when I started off doing thunder and when I gave up my day job um had, I had I was all I've always sort of been quite i suppose um a, a bit of a workaholic so mm-hmm. i I'm not that as I said I'm not that good at kind of going right right I'm gonna Time off. but i'm I'm not lazy but sometimes it can spill over into the thing where I'm like right I've really got to take a break but I think I used to do things like go to the cinema on my own in the day more when yeah. I had like less demands on me I suppose when I was just sort of gigging for like I don't know 50 quid at night it didn't really matter if I didn't do any new material of course, kind of yeah but I I absolutely I used to do that so much I used to go and and go see double bills on my own and I used I love going on my own yeah. because you just kind of like you don't have to answer to anyone you don't have an argument about what to see it gets
0: weird because I got to the point where it would be at points a strain on a relationship because something had come <laughs> out and I would come kind of think Kind of rather see this on my because I'm, I'm really if I'm really excited about a film where genuinely my ideal situation is sitting there on my own and yeah. watching it rather than sitting in anyone else, and that's not a slight on anyone, but it's just that beauty of the emptiness and the space, and okay. not, not thinking are they enjoying it as much as I am or. Or anything like, like any of those pressures of how you're enjoying it? It's... Yeah,
1: totally. Like, I went to see There Will Be Blood on my own. Oh, I mean, amazing. I, I know. I can't imagine having seen that with someone else. But then, like, I suppose comedy, like, I went to see Austin Powers um, yeah. with my mates, and there was like a big group of us, and I yeah. sort of always remembered that as being a really fun night out. Yeah, so I get that. Maybe it's to do with the film. The comedies
0: and, s- and some of the bigger action things yeah. where everyone can get excited together, and I get that. But yeah, in general, dancing in want the dark on my either. own.
1: Yeah, want, oh, wow. Oh, yeah.
0: I screen that at my. I do a. F- a film club at the Prince Charles Cinema and I screened a Dancer in the dark there and it just I hadn't I'd never seen it on the big screen. Is the the idea of the film club was to put on films I've fallen in love with but never seen on the big screen. So it's all stuff that I've had on DVD. And that one was the absolute highlight for me because I've remembered it was. I try not to rewatch them if I'm putting it on, so it's been a bit of a while. So really, it's, it's me being g- greedy. It's me just wanting to watch <laughs> but, it. Guys, regardless if you of want anyone to come else coming, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to
1: hire out the whole cinema. I don't all. care if anyone's
0: there. But this is <laughs> my cheap way of hiring out a, a, a whole s- a cinema. But what a film! And on the big screen, it did just make all the difference because just the performances and the silences is, is what excited me. And it in in situations. Uh, like that, you know what, something did benefit from other people of being there. Because some of those prolonged silences, having that kind of silence amongst a hundred other people kind of made the tension even more.
1: And it must be nice for you to see people seeing those films for the first time, especially when you... Love them. Like I remember showing The Wicker Man to someone for the first time, not the remake. Yeah. To always yeah. <laughs> add that. <laughs> yeah. God, the one Nicholas Cage is like my favourite thing in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> Where he doesn't die at the. I, don't, I haven't even seen the remake. I think he doesn't die yeah. at the end yeah. or something, or he dies like gets eaten by bees. Or I anyway, mean, come on. Yeah, um, the first time I showed The Wicker Man um to like my mate, it was just uh, she. She was like, because <gasps> it was so hard to explain why I loved it, and. Yeah. Um, I think that can be really nice. It must be great to hire out a whole... Although you can't see people's faces necessarily, but you, feel, you like that atmosphere. <laughs> but we do
0: a, a thing at the end that because of the dawn of the term spoiler alert, you can't talk about films, we kind of say at the end, if you want to stick around, I'm going to do kind of a Q&A about the film, despite having fuck all to do with the film. I can't claim any any secret knowledge, but we all kind of stay there and discuss what we thought. So oh, you do great. kind of get that excitement and, and niceness. And it's not... Have you had any films that, or TV shows that you've shown to people, or whether it be a friend or a, a partner at the time, where they've not got it? Because that's the most crippling thing for me, when you're really excited about a film
1: and then, and they, then they're
0: just not enjoying it in the way they're meant to um, enjoy it.
1: Yeah, that has happened to me. I'm just trying to think of when... Uh, it's
0: just a painful experience, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. I think maybe it happened with dogville yeah have seen dogville yeah 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 you would have done if you like i think we probably like the similar um just because i was trying to i was trying to explain and i was like you've just got to see it you've just got to see it i've never seen nicole kidman do better acting than this yeah. blah, blah blah and then they just didn't quite like the fact that all the rooms were drawn out on the floor and everything yeah. i think they wanted it to feel more real and it was yeah. like a real big blow for me because it i think when you really love something, you expect someone you know really well to love it too and they don't. Yeah. You feel like you don't know them as well as you thought you did. There's
0: so many things. Because you feel that, you, you also start to question why you like it, if you're right to like it, if yeah. you're just liking it because you've read somewhere it's good and things like that. There's yeah. all, these, all sorts of things that you're saying like, well, but it's, yeah. it's you should, why don't you agree? I know, just it? say you yeah, like just, it
1: if yeah. you don't.
0: Just pretend you're enjoying it.
1: I know, I know. Um, we used to have these film nights like I, Remember, we made a man, which was like waffles. Amazing. Like, food on the theme of, yeah, jelly baby in, like, a cage of waffles. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And then we used to do, oh, well, when I was um, living with, like, loads of other, like... Young people in the yeah. early twenties. We got really into X Factor, which I'm quite embarrassed to admit, but we were always in on a Saturday night, and I mean, we kind fair. of just got
0: sucked in. It's engaging.
1: It is. And t- it was when it was television. in the early, very early yeah. days, um, and we um, got made spaghetti bolognese, but we put the bolognese on the plate first, then we put the spaghetti in the shape of an X. Brilliant. But it was cooked, so it didn't. It wasn't as good as the Wickman thing, yeah. but it was still, it's a good effort was though. there. Um, yeah,
0: you've got a history of of, of, of food based. Um, creations um and you've also got a, a wonderful podcast which is always good to mention on other podcasts because oh, yes, we can, yes. can get it out there Uh things we do for love or things we do for love um as as as, as, <laughs> yeah. as northern people um pronounce it and and on 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 that on on the first episode um <laughs> it was it was yeah it's wonderful to hear you you tried to to woo someone by making their their face out of a roast yeah
1: a roast yeah i mean that's
0: a hell of a challenge right because a face is—I mean, it's is an obvious thing, but it's a very personal and distinct thing. I know. So to try and create—I
1: know. Well, I think my thing's always been like the the amount of effort thrown in will will yield results. Yeah. But that ha- that has, it, has that
0: worked out? I can't
1: with that with the roast face thing. I was already we were already going out, so it was a bit wasted because yeah. I. I think I sort of wanted to make him see that I was really cool.
0: I mean, yeah, that's clearly more but... of a first date thing. I don't... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> wasting why would you this do on someone with... that's already in the bag.
1: I mean, maybe better if you've never <laughs> spoken to them. but yeah. You want to just go up to them, and give it to them silently just turn on, on up. a tray. Yeah. Um, I did, yeah, I, I, the roast thing. Like, yeah, I
0: There's the restaurant owners now knowing never to employ you in case you happen to like one of the people that yeah, comes guys, in. I've
1: got a really good idea. I made for this
0: of your face.
1: Or maybe just make everyone's faces and then, you know, just you're just hedging your bets. So pers- you?
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You could make a generic see, face and see the customer come in and just add, quickly, quickly, get some gooseberries. They've got green yeah, eyes, yeah.
0: that kind of add thing. Add a wonky eye or a yeah. crooked nose. Yeah. Highlight anything.
1: I made a, a Santa's face as well, not to try and get Santa to go out with me. Because he doesn't exist. <laughs> Sorry if I need. Oh no! What if kids are listening?
0: Yeah, I mean, that is a problem. Father
1: Christmas them. exists, but not Santa. Yeah, whenever that's ever right, everyone calls him Santa, it's the wrong name.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's similar to the whole Jesus thing where there's a lot of different names for him.
1: Absolutely, yeah. the body, yes. all
0: these different... So Santa's just, there's variations. Yes. And some are for a story. Yes. And some are for coming down your chimney and giving you presents.
1: Absolutely. Santa's a bit like Jesus. Yeah,
0: in many ways. The beard, everything else. I was, I was once on a train um, and I got um, abused by... A, n- no older than eight or nine um, from... Uh, a chavvy family, which is a term I don't like to use, but I think they were embracing that token. Sure. Um, and it was, was one of the best kind of of public heckles I've ever had because he just said, are you Santa? And I said, no, I'm not, mate. And he went, then why have you got a beard and a bag? <laughs> Couldn't argue it. I was like, well, I've got no I've got no reason for having a beard. I just have a beard. So I can't say, well, here's the reasons. I was just like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I just put my headphones in and ignored him, but it was it's a valid argument.
1: But why would Santa have a beard? What would Santa say if well, So if you, he said are you Santa and you said no, but you were. Yeah. And he said why have you got a beard? What would Santa say?
0: If, if he said why have you got a beard and a bag, he'd go you've got me there, I am Santa. C- c- yeah, I c- suppose, correct. Yeah. I do have a beard and a bag because I'm Santa. So Santa, Santa has to you're have you're a beard. You
1: were masquerading as Santa. I guess
0: so. I guess he wasn't it re- wasn't happy with my not admitting it.
1: Yeah, he probably still thought you were.
0: I had that. This is weird. I'm just turning this into st- t- 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 tales of my life I've not told before. Um I was once um at Camden... At the Camden... um Camden Head? Rocks no. type festival. What's right. that? Camden... Camden oh, Calling. Was yeah. it Camden Calling? Yeah,
1: I know. That A rock thing. festival in yeah. Camden.
0: Um And an older woman came up to me and went, are you who I think you are? And... we were playing a couple of gigs that weekend. So I was like, I don't know. You know, we, it was the first, it was one of the first times I was having someone potentially recognize me. And I was like, I don't know. And she said, are you Ryan Gosling? (laughs) Which now is a hell of a compliment and a hell of, at the time it was quite obscure, but I'd enjoyed him in, um, What was the film we did where he was a teacher that was a a, a drug addict? um, Um, Half Nelson.
1: Right, yes, yes. In
0: Half Nelson. And he had a bit of a beard and my beard was shorter. And it was really awkward because I was saying, "Well, well, no, I'm not. And she was like... I understand. It's okay. Well, I just want to say, and it was the most awkward thing of not wanting to overdo it, but I really am not. That's confirmed now. Years have gone on to prove that.
1: Yeah, that you're not him. Yeah, yeah, that
0: I'm definitely not him. um, As he's become even more of a heartthrob, it's been... Undeniable that I'm not um, Ryan Gosling, but yeah, she completely just went away believing that I was just being coy about it and being.
1: And then she'll be like, "That Ryan Gosling's got real Essex accent." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, he does. His, he does an amazing Essex accent. I don't know if he was preparing for a part or <laughs> or what. Um, I want to get onto your podcast again because I really enjoyed it and I really liked it. Started and I thought this might not work because it's 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 things we do for love and it's it's about that. It's about it's it's talking to a guest about different things that I've done for love and my concern was right as soon as it started there was some implication that you've got a few stories there so I thought we've got the backbone but I was instantly thinking as a guest I would I would I guess if you've prepared and thought about it but it was amazing there were so many good stories and back and forth even from the audience and the crowd and yeah where did you what made you think of that or was it something you realized that you had a lot of weird or embarrassing things you'd done over the years or just you know assumed a lot of other people will too
1: um yeah it was like that i was i've i've written a book and in that there was a lot of stuff about love and i realized that i've got more when it's your life you don't necessarily realize that those stories aren't run of the mill until you put them on paper or talk about them people like you did what yeah um so generally
0: the moments will be you'll be telling friends in the future about it it won't be friends at the time because it'll all be everyone's in it and it doesn't matter. But in the future yeah, go this happened absolutely. they'll be like what the hell are you yeah
1: or and especially mates who weren't there like when you look back on a time of your life and you're like i did loads of stuff then that yeah. i thought was normal <laughs> and isn't maybe not even to do with love like whatever yeah. you were doing um and uh i so i yeah, I sort of realized i had this sort of back catalogue of stuff that i hadn't used in my live shows and some which i had but kind of always wanted to do a podcast and then thought about i did i'd done a few interviews i made um like a couple of Radio 4 documentaries about stuff and had to interview people which I hadn't really done before. I interviewed a few people on Radio 4 Extra for, like, the comedy club. And I really, really liked doing it. Um, And I really liked doing it about warm subjects rather than... So I realised that I think my strength is getting stuff out of people and making myself the object of a joke first so that they feel comfortable enough to reveal, rather than if I'm ever asked to sort of do more stuff like... I don't know, more serious stuff. Not that I'm ever asked. I'm like Paxman, but um, the more factual it is, I think the less good I am.
0: (laughs) We need to send you out to Syria. Listen, they
1: just need someone to make Santa's face out (laughs) of a rose. Um, um, Yeah, I I, I thought, what platform can I create where I can just chat to people? Also, I really, really didn't want it to be gag, gag, gag. Or at least I didn't want it to be set up like that. Um, yeah. So obviously...
0: Like set routine and set yeah, routine. Yeah, and it I say mean. to
1: people sometimes you're doing, um, perhaps not so much with podcasts, but maybe with like panel shows and that it, it's obvious that like, you really have got to write jokes beforehand and that's fine, it's, that's the brief. It's
0: fascinating because it there's there's been a thing in America recently where a few of the podcast festivals have been starting and it seems a lot of the bigger American podcasts are more like the panel shows sure. and the festivals i have kind of had a negative effect, because seeing it live has exposed how scripted at points it is. It'll be blah, 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 and then someone will be going over their story that they've got. And yeah. on, when you're listening, it doesn't have that. And the British podcast, and it said, The Things We Do For Love was was one of them. It felt that it was just completely... Certain things felt they were, hadn't been thought about in years and were, were returned to on yeah. that, in that moment. Kind oh, of thing. good,
1: because, yeah, that's really what I wanted. And I think it should... I feel like the podcast shouldn't be... A a prepared thing uh, ideally I feel like it should have a homemade feel to it and that anyone can make them and that's the good thing about them and I think with because that was the first one that you listened to I've done one with Josh Whiddicombe and then we've got we're going to record a few before we release the next ones Um, but Josh was brilliant as well and you know he said so is there any prep and I was like "Um, no things I don't quite I don't don't quite know what it is yet anyway but all I can tell you is that I'll we'll just have a chat and it'll it'll be great it's just very relaxed and don't worry, I won't ask you about your current relationship. I think, you know, there's a, probably a concern when people get asked to do it that um, I'll be like, you know, what sort of like, what do you think your bad points are in a relationship? But I'm not yeah. interested in any of nah. that. I just want to know, like, what people did when they were eight to do with, like, ties and, and stuff.
0: And it tends, again, I'm, I'm building everything off of, of one episode here, but it, it tends to have that feel that it's stuff that's past the point of it being an awkward question or awkward conversation. It's not trying to go, so that girl I saw you with last year, what kind of... Yeah, <laughs> is yeah. like, don't it want to get into that. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's, it's more growing up and yeah, all more, the... Yes, and
1: more, I suppose, about loss of innocence. And yeah. w- what, one of my big things always in everything I do, I suppose, is trying to retain a sense of, like, wonder and joy about yeah. life and to keep talking to strangers and, and yeah. stuff like that. So I think I'm always up for embracing that. And it, it feels like the podcast is um, skewed like that. So it's kind of like... I don't know, the first time you ever tried to get someone to fancy you, what did you do? Because you've got no point of reference. Like, yeah. I remember going up to James Price when I was 10 and he was 8 and I wanted to go out with him, but I didn't understand. I didn't know what going out with someone was. So I just said, I love you. Do you love me? And he said, yeah. And then it was, like, so simple. Yeah. We only went, went out for about a week, but yeah. we were 10 and So, yeah, best week of my life. Bought me a Ferrari. <laughs> um, but, like... I, I, that's what the kind of stuff I'm interested in. Where, where you made a bit of a twat of yourself yeah. because you were innocent, and you not just because you had really any understand. agenda. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, I think with Robbins, we did get onto like drunken stuff and kind yeah. of. But he's he was a great guest because he's kind of like a bit like a tortured poet in some ways yeah. and josh was brilliant because he talked a lot about like primary school and about his dad making bread and so all
0: these josh condescend- a, i can imagine josh to be a great one for that because he is such a, a naturally lovable character but yeah. he does he's also very honest and open it seems in a lot of his stand-up Absolutely. and things like that it seems real stories of it's not all gone gone well in my life this isn't <laughs> you know, it's been the, it's, i've had a rough time at points yeah, yeah it's
1: a very unthreatening there's no, it feels like yeah. Josh is, there's no kind of rough edges. He's just a, yeah. a very warm and genial presence. Robbins is more like an Edgar Allan Poe creation. 100%. Like,
0: yeah. 100%. He drinks a lot of ale. It's interesting you, you mentioned that because when I first started to see um, a lot of your stuff, um, stand-up wise and some songs and things like that it was it was around the same time that um I was enjoying a lot of of Josie Long's stuff and a, a few other people and it seemed that there were it seemed to be the women in the comedy industry that were taking the step of making comedy that didn't have to be c- c- cynical or negative and a lot of comedy I love is cynical and negative yeah, and it me seemed too. that that, yeah. that there was a few that were just going right no it doesn't have to be laughing at someone or something it, or if that someone is someone it can be me It can be me you know yeah, I mean. yeah yeah
1: yeah no, was definitely. that a conscious
0: thing that you even though you may have been into some more some more cynical comedy that you were that you wanted to be more
1: um no it wasn't a conscious thing I think I only ever write what, what i can write what feels most yes. natural um however i think you're influenced by your mates and josie and i from the moment we met were yeah. just gone so well yeah. and then um i suppose i like if i think of my good mates in comedy it's people like josie and pappies and bridget yeah and um i still need to Josh. see
0: bridget i've, I've oh, never seen bridget yeah, i've just heard sure nothing but her. amazing things yeah yeah, yeah
1: i'll get her on the podcast at some point she's yeah. she's fantastic but i mean we all when well, josie started off when she was like one but yeah. um, <laughs> me yeah. and bridge started at the same time and so it's like school years you retain a bond with because you're all doing the same shit gigs yeah. and i mean it, it's like you get there and you know there's like two people in the audience and it still goes ahead and so you know each other's routines off by heart and you kind of so um, I'm sure that we influenced each other without knowing it but I never made a conscious decision and and then I was surprised when I started to get described as like quirky or whimsical I don't really like the word whimsical because if I saw something described as whimsical I'd think it sounds a bit sort of pastily and um, it's it's, it's
0: strange because it's quite a British term isn't it because there's um, there's a bit of a scene in in LA of some great underground rap that a lot of them are dubbing it as, or, or choosing to put themselves as whimsical. Right. Because it's quite surreal and quite unusual and yeah. quite stream of consciousness. Yeah. And it's weird, because I think in England, no rapper in England would ever want to be referred to as whimsical. <laughs> but Open Mike Eagle and Serengeti and a few of these guys are Milo. It's kind of put in as, like, whimsical is one of the terms that's thrown in there. And hearing that, I was like, this is beautiful. It's this cool Underground thing, but because it, yeah, exactly. In this country, you'd be like,
1: it's just I'm not, a bit
0: not whimsical. Yeah, how dare you? That seems patronizing.
1: Yeah, it feels a bit of a diss. I don't know. Yeah, I think oddball is okay. Oddball yeah. feels more solid. Yeah. I think something about whimsical that feels, well, I suppose a whim that you're doing on a whim that that you s- might in. see you today. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about fairies, and then they might see you the next day, and you might talk about badges. Whereas, you know,
0: routines are really well honed. I mean, and- in many ways, that's kind of. Uh, again n- not trying to justify anyone calling you whimsical but in many ways that's a compliment because it shows how how natural you're making a performance seem yeah and, and Stuart Lee is one for that point it's obviously on the other end of whimsical but there's been a, a routines of his I've watched and I just saw um his latest episode of, of the comedy oh, vehicle yeah, yeah. um it's a piece i would seen him do at, at one of, uh, of Robin Ince's um end of year things which I saw you at as as, as well uh, one year um and he, I genuinely at points was thinking, man, he's just going off. He's lost the crowd and he's going off and really getting quite angry. And then watching it on the show, it was word for word. It was the exact same reactions yeah. to specific people in the crowd. And you're like, because again, I thought that. And then at the end it had to pay off and was was classically Stuart Lee, just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But seeing it on the show was like, right, you, I, I like to think of myself as a um, an informed a comedy fan, but you completely had me in the palm of your hand. With everyone else in that room, who was yeah. kind of going, "It's getting beyond a joke now. That he's getting quite angry about this and that." And yeah, so in a way, yeah. if it is seen as whimsical and throwaway, then it's like, "Well, more for you." I do. <laughs> I pull this whimsicalness <laughs> off every night.
1: It's the same whimsical thing every night. I can
0: be whimsical like that at the click of <laughs> the flick of a switch.
1: I've been doing this whimsical material for ten years, but I'm never going to change it. <laughs>
0: my whimsy is so honed the most honed <laughs> w- a whimsy in the industry um yeah you mentioned uh, uh panel shows uh, uh briefly and, the, and 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 the thought that you didn't want the podcast to be like a panel show where you do have to prepare material how have you found a panel shows because you've been on on the hot list like I, I always find that i love eight out of ten cats i love have i got news for you and mock the week and things like that but then if you can also get on qi then that's yeah. The golden moment as well. And you seem to have, have jumped across all of them. So how do you yeah. find them?
1: Um, I didn't... So it depends. Uh, I think that they're a different skill from stand-up. Yeah. I think that it's...
0: Uh, that's um, been the fascinating uh, thing to hear from Josie, from, from Sarah Pascoe. And sadly, more from women, I seem to hear, it that it seems a far harder skill because, I don't know, traditionally there's been less women on, therefore uh, Josie seemed to feel it was a stranger reaction. Kind of the crowd are already on side of your hosts or whatever else and you have to i don't know if it feels yeah. like you're starting from under
1: maybe i i to be honest i haven't i that isn't the first thing that springs to my mind the yeah. thing that springs to my mind first is that when you're newer it's hard yeah sure. and i'm i'm still often the newest right act on so or the youngest that, yep. that doesn't happen as much now uh I suppose, like, I did Cats the other day with Joe Lysett, who's yeah. younger than me, I still think of myself as 22, then I realise that, 30, you know, that yeah. way that you're like, yeah, and then you go, oh, my God. Like, that's,
0: that's the trait of having any job that's in the arts, because you never have to feel like you've grown up. Yeah, you can so, right, like, like, I, I think of Arthur Smith up. as 22. Yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah I, 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 and actually, he can probably do more than most 22-year-olds anyway. Like, yeah. you know, when he's at festival, he just does all the gigs. But um, I... I think for me it's more um that it's very hard when you're first in them because of you being the kind of rookie person so people are less likely to know who you are yeah um which is harder definitely if you go yeah. on and you're if you going on your bill bailey or if you go on and you're um uh like lee Mack or whatever or joe brand um the audience understands your shtick and it's so much about shtick in panel shows and
0: they're and they're ready they're they're they're, they're, they've paid their money or not paid their money, but they're there to laugh at you, if you know what I mean. They're kind of prepared yes. for that. I, I, I had Kathy Burke on last week and we were kind of discussing how weird it is when you start to get your own audience. It can be hard to tell if you're keeping as high a standard because you've got an audience yeah. who really want to enjoy your stuff so it's kind of it can be a hard thing yeah
1: especially when you're doing there. previews that's hard yeah. because it might be the they don't know they may not know it's a preview they may not know what a preview is I yeah. didn't know what one was until I started doing it. I didn't understand yeah. people would be coming on with notes and whatever so I think if you're doing previews and you've got a bit of a fan base then it can get more difficult because they sort of like that might be the only time they're ever going to see you so they want to laugh a lot and that's really nice yeah. of them but it can be hard to gauge so what I've works, got to do so quite what, a few yeah. and actually that's why doing previews in I don't know a massive room in Leamington Spa where people don't know who's on and haven't heard of you can be quite good or it's horrible yeah. at the time because you yeah. really see yeah. like in the stark cold yeah.
0: clinical atmosphere what jokes work and what don't you go on thinking i want to know what works and yeah. come out going i wish i never knew yeah that was hideous, yeah. that was painful <laughs> <laughs> yeah just don't do it as your last preview before your first
1: Edinburgh show like yeah. I did so I was yeah. like oh my god the whole thing is absolutely um <laughs> but yeah with panel shows i yeah i think that's the main thing for me that i think that's why it's got slightly easier that um uh the more you do the easier it gets yeah um yes I think the woman's thing probably is a thing, but for me, it's not definitely not. Um, it, it doesn't feel like a big, I don't know why. It just doesn't, maybe I don't let it enter my head. Cause I don't, I can't change I mean, that about it's myself good
0: to hear though. Cause again, it's good. It's I, I've, I've, I've had issues or I've had discussions in the past of on, on, on this podcast. And then I feel on podcasts in general. So I'm on side of anyone that, that says this, but it's it, the guests tend to be very male weighted and, and, and that's an issue, but it's not a conscious choice. And no, it annoys I mean, me when people say, "Can you have more more a women yeah. on?" It's like, "Well, tell me specific well, a women Who, you'd like to yeah. have on," because otherwise, it feels disrespectful to say just anyone that's well.
1: That that's was a the woman. weird thing when they so, brought in that rule about because you know when they brought in that rule about there's got to be one woman on yeah. every. So I was asked about how I felt about that, as I was I'm sure most of the women on the circuit. Yeah, and I just said, "Well, I don't really do enough panel shows to like." At that point, so weird things happen since I've had a, I had a baby 18 months ago yeah. and I've got better at panel shows since then. Wow. Because, um, I think for two reasons. I, one is that um, you focus so much more when you've got a kid right. on work because um, – for me everything's compartmentalized like i'm either have a day looking after her and i just do a few emails if i have to but yeah. i'm just with her and i love it or if i'm having a block of time when i'm working i try and focus on the work so that i can get back to her like everything's kind of whereas before when i didn't have any um any kids it was like i don't know i worry more about yeah. i sort of think who am i on with or can i find out who i'm on with or they're probably going to talk loads of god what if i don't say anything for the first 20 minutes which is the worst thing and then you think oh my god i haven't spoken for 20 minutes and you just start saying yeah yeah after everything that someone else yeah. says and that just doesn't count as talking but there's no time to worry about that because you're sort of having to just go right okay she's all right yeah right leaving her right i'll be back in three hours i'm going you know so it's so much better
0: it's I, kind I think. of beautiful to not have that overthinking time because yeah, there's something because you, you realize there's other things that are more important than Absolutely. worrying about that one little thing you're doing
1: and then you're more confident as well because you're yeah. just kind of like everything becomes really black and white and yeah. you've had like three hours sleep and you're like okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'll just you know i'll have my you know kind of coke or whatever and then i'll, I'll just go on and yeah. so um i'm definitely better at them um and the other reason is that you that you're aware that you are keeping someone alive and you have to earn money so um it, it becomes more easy to look at work and go i can't justify saying no to that because i think that i might be shit on it i've yeah. got to do it and take the risk because yeah, i've got, to I've go got there a kid and do it. yeah yeah and that's better but i think that's better because it leaves less kind of less of a gray area so if you know maybe Did everyone we. should just have get have a baby and i love that
0: <laughs> I, I've, I've referenced it it, it it so many times but i had Stephen graham on um a, a month or so ago and one of the things that, that he said is he thinks actors and and it was speaking more on actors but I think it translates across the whole kind of industry of, of comedy and music can overthink gigs and essentially if it his argument was my job is an actor so if I was a painter and someone said I want you to paint my house I'd go and paint that house I wouldn't think what's the benefits of this and is this right you'd kind of and, and again there has to be a level of selectiveness but again that's a beautiful thing where where you're a mother now that an element of that is taken out because you're like right well I need I need to go and do that job right yeah absolutely um, it also explains why you've not been to the cinema in the daytime in, in yeah, a while that's, that's, why, that's a great yeah. reason and explanation
1: yeah it was my first I still felt really guilty I was like <laughs> should be working I'm going to do it and you look up the duration it's like it's over two hours so I better be good that's the problem yeah. that's why you know the when people come on. out have you ever had that at gigs where you're sometimes um, you know people have come and see you and they've got they've had to get a babysitter and you're aware that it's it huge no probably 70 80 quid yeah. like when you break it down you think oh my god i never used to think about that yeah. um so yeah you could do this thing like, oh it better be good it better be And good knowing
0: how really rare good. a night out is in those yeah, situations so it's like it's not just oh we'll catch a gig it's like this is our gig for the year yeah
1: if, if this, this is, is our gig for the decade <gasps> the pressure
0: <Yeah. laughs> the pressure on there um I know. Uh, obviously we don't have to go into it in in huge detail because it's a very personal thing but how are you finding it kind of 18 months in you must have found your yeah. feet and kind of be
1: I mean, have some like level earlier. of it's,
0: understanding. Yeah,
1: I, 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 I love it. it you know, it, 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 it's everything that I was told it would be, but I didn't really understand yeah. until I did it. It can be very tough, um, especially when you're tired and you sort of are crying. You don't understand why you want to help them and all that. But now she's um, uh, a bit older. It's, uh, it's getting more and more exciting, and you know she's talking. And I, I, from day one, I was completely in love with her and it became clear that we would have to be very organized with our diaries but my boyfriend looks after her half the time she so goes to the yeah. childminder minder um, a few days a week and sometimes we get um a bit, a bit of other help if we both we're both working at the same time but generally it sort of ends up us was spending sort of three or four days a week just i was looking after and yeah. we do half and half so she Perfect. she gets she is 50 percent of the time with him and and that's great you know for both of us it's lovely
0: to be able to have that that, that balance because it can be a tough thing Um, obviously there's 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 there's, there's tough areas on either side but if 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 one is staying at home then they're having that huge hard job of as you said keeping a human alive on their own but then if the other is out of work then they're having that hard task of trying to bond in the same way when they're there a fraction of the time so that's a perfect situation really that you're in in jobs and in in professions that you can kind of go right we this is us together yeah we're both raising this child and both yeah, it does. Well. Really,
1: it does really feel like that. It, I think also if you're the one working, you can feel guilty because work can feel like the, a day off. If you're looking after a kid on your own all the time, if you're at home, that is a very different situation from me. Like yeah. um, it, uh, some of my mates who don't work, I think they have a very different experience, yeah. and um, more intense. And um, if you sometimes you just feel like you can't get out of the house. If you're
0: particularly pre- when they're young, the the yeah, exactly, and particularly pre the speech stage because there's so much where it's just they just need you you don't yeah. know why you can't ex- find out why yeah. you can't learn why there's just right there's nothing stuff I can like, do yeah and we and stuff can't like you, realise, you haven't this. you
1: haven't eaten all day yeah. you haven't and it's so hard to explain when you think you think well what have i done that i've changed their nappy but, but you, you can't it's hard to cope it can be very hard to cope at times and it can be psychologically hard if you don't yeah. go out of the house all day and sometimes you have yeah, the best sure. intentions and then she wouldn't sleep in her buggy when she was little. So I sort of think, oh, I've got to be back for her naps and blah, blah. So um, I think as time goes on, um, it becomes more easy to to go out and to, to meet up with other people and, and to go, okay, I'm just going to do this and see what happens. And then it pays off. And, but yeah. I didn't have the confidence to do that early on, cause, especially because she wouldn't sleep in the buggy. So then you're kind of like, oh, we'll just stay in all day. <laughs> you
0: and, know. and confidence um, are, are must be a huge... Thing in that situation of because I'm sure um again I seem to just be referencing uh, uh, other people's quotes, but jo- Joe Rogan always had a quote that I absolutely I love that he's he kind of said, "Do you remember when we were kids and we thought that there was such thing as an adult that you and then he's learnt now that we just know we like yeah. no one actually ever tells you how it all works or what to do. You just no. kind of don't know, and that no must be knows. the huge thing of when having a child of you expecting everything to come to you and then go, right, it's not. So I need to just figure this out and, and do as best I can. Yeah. And when that confidence gr- grows, it must be a huge thing. When you get through six months, like, they're alive still. Yeah, totally. I've managed to keep a human alive. Yeah,
1: that wasn't my mate Gavin. I when, it out. Like, At the f- end of the first week, I rang when and I was crying and stuff. Yeah. And um just I was trying to breastfeed and had problems. I mean, I think... The, with the breastfeeding thing, like I know Adele spoke about it recently yeah. because she got a bit upset with Jamie Oliver for saying, you know, not enough women in this country breastfeed and all that. And she was like, sometimes you can't and it can be really hard. And yeah. I had problems and ended up doing um, half... Giving her half a bottle and half breastfeeding. Um, this probably isn't going to be of interest to everyone, but that was the heaviest thing on my mind at the beginning for yeah. whatever reason. I think because you're hormonal, you can really feel like a failure. I didn't expect it to yeah. be an issue. I didn't know I'd feel that strongly about it. Anyway, it's, I rang. Yeah,
0: sorry, go on. No, I was just going to just, just, just agree that it's a tough thing for anyone to give any. S- solid comment on because it's such on, a, on an individual basis it an is. individual no. situation sometimes as said it's a physical thing sometimes it's a, a functional or or, yeah. or, or or yeah there's numerous reasons there's so, so many
1: different reasons and also you just don't know what's going to happen yeah. so you can't predict things about birth and you can't predict how you're going to feel and you can't predict what you're going to be able to do yeah. physically
0: and at that point any particularly when you are so hormonal and that sounds like a cop out to put it on hormones but it's a huge well, deal no, a- absolutely you can't you are you are you know you need a month
1: off in a spa yeah. and yet yeah. but you can't have that you
0: really can't <laughs> but for anyone to give any reason f- to make you feel you're doing something wrong or in some way shortchanging this this being that is suddenly everything to you it's that's that's crippling right I can understand Adele getting annoyed at Jamie or things like that me
1: too I I, I understand what Jamie was trying Jamie like he's my best mate I understand what Jamie was trying to do that's just what he's like I can can, yeah (laughs) good old Jay J-O uh I can I can understand what he was trying to do um and I think both of them are kind of right and I think and I think it's a fantastic thing to do if it's right for you but I wish that someone had said to me if you can't manage to do every single feed yourself don't worry because it doesn't have to be I thought as soon as I gave her one bottle that would be it it would be like you with coffee that she'd be like right I'm not gonna but it wasn't I think if you can pick the right time to do it and we just did did great doing half and half rages and I just wish I'd known that that what didn't have to be all or nothing. because You can really beat yourself up. So yeah, that was a, all that stuff's going on in the early days, and that's yeah. why I think that's why it gets easier. Yeah,
0: because you realise that it can be. A, I don't know why I'm speaking as if I've got any experience or knowledge on this, but it's, it's that feeling of it. It is kind of all about a compromise. You'll you'll have your ideal thing before a child is born. You'll have yeah. they're not going to watch any TV or things like this, and then there'll be a point of right actually a little bit of TV here just so I can shower sure. or something and like that it's like these human Absolutely. things it's like Absolutely. they're not they're not failures and yeah no, the point that you, you can realise yeah. there's compromises rather than failures then that's got to be a huge thing right yeah,
1: and I think that's that's to me what life is yeah. about like um, yeah, yeah you, you can be I think people do that with relationships sometimes as well don't they like I used to have a mate who'd always be like he can't be he can't have gone to public school because that would upset my dad because we are a working class yeah. family you know he can't yeah. have and then in the end, you think, but actually, if you yeah. meet someone and you like them, then maybe he might have got a scholarship somewhere, yeah. or maybe he is really posh, but he's really nice. And, he's, you know, yeah, saying he's that as if posh is like effort. the worst thing. Maybe he is really racist, but he's nice. Like, I posh mean,
0: is Genuinely, that's. Thing can... I've, I've, I've had. For, it's taken me years to get over. My main prejudice w- w- was exactly that. I realised if I met someone who had a posh accent, I'd instantly be a bit all right, mate, whatever kind of thing. And that's, yeah. that's a bad thing. I know. It wasn't until I, m- I made some good friends who were posh that I was like, okay, it's, yeah. it's like, again, it sounds like I'm now saying some of my best friends are posh. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not poshist but. <laughs> no, some, but it, it,
1: it, it depends. It, it's just to do with your background, isn't it? Yeah. Like I'm from quite a small town and there was one posh school there. And like, we just, I just went to the normal comprehensive and yeah. like it, it I think to me growing up now, it, I, I think I agree with that quote that, you know, you don't, you don't like get a manual and you don't. Yeah. But I also think that growing up is an attitude rather than what you're doing. So I never want to feel grown up and I never yeah. want to feel like I'm regarded as grown up. I don't know why, yeah. but to me, if someone said, oh, you're sensible now, I'd feel really like, am I, well, then I'm going to have to like get on a, Flight to Prague with I someone I've never met. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know why that is. I guess it might be to do with our jobs, or um, and yet yeah, there are people at primary school who sort of always seemed grown up, like right. they seemed to know what they were doing, and they yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I always try and live my life like. Do you remember that screensaver? Um, I say that anyone has it anymore. Well, it's like a ball bouncing around and it hits so it's on the computer th- yeah yeah i don't know if it breaks things but it's like it's like um it takes up the whole screen and it just bounces around yeah. and bounces off yeah. the walls
0: yes yes I remember.
1: i've always tried to live my life like that i've always tried to i've always sort of tried things And I've always gone, yes, but basically always said yes. Mm. Like I jumped off a bridge when I was 13 for a bet because I said yes when someone dared me to jump off it and broke my ankle. (laughs) So sometimes it hasn't paid off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I've always had that attitude. And um, I feel like some people don't want to live like that. And I think I used to think that those people were twats and now I'm like, that's fine. Like if you don't want to necessarily read any more books in your life or you'll think oh you know what i don't want to travel to any new countries i, I, I used to think like oh god what a pity and now i'm like oh well you probably just have a nice time in your house eating apple crumble or something yeah, like it's who a am massive I to judge realisation
0: that, that people don't all have to be the s- yeah. same isn't it and, and we don't
1: have to have the same attitude yeah. as you and there's nothing wrong with that It might make them slightly less interesting to hang out with, but it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong yeah, with them.
0: as long as they're happy with that. I remember when I worked in HMV and being a massive music nerd for years, I had a realisation that some people don't, like, there's a quote i read somewhere that James Blunt and Dido, they described them as music for people who aren't into music. Right. And I don't think that's an insult. I think that's a real thing thing and it's when you've grown up absolutely in love with music and it being such an inspiration and such a guide to you it's hard to get your head around that some people don't feel like that and some yeah. people just want something nice on in the background and yeah that's absolutely fine i bet you know? that's
1: like when i when i used to work for robbins it's like we're going through the chains that we used to work yeah, yeah. but when i used to work for robbins um i we i i've got like the equivalent of a gmbq in wine tasting because they take i used to work yeah. in the call center like sending wine out but yeah. um they take it really seriously really do it was it, it was brilliant train we used to do loads of tastings used to get sent on tastings and stuff amazing and at the end of them was, one of my bosses was like what's your favorite wine now and i said wolf blast and wolf blast is like a range of wine which is normally around six or seven pounds yes and he was like oh my god i can't believe out of all the things you've picked you've picked wolf blast yeah. and i thought yeah but i like it and i I I don't want to spend 30 quid on a bottle of wine because yeah. to me I I just I don't I can't like justify spending that much on it and I
0: p- p- part of the psychological enjoyment you're having is that you're not spending a load yeah. of money and having to feel guilty again it's the working class versus posh thing the fact that you're going if I was drinking a 50 pound bottle of wine even if it was a really nice I'd still be thinking I've just spent 50, 50 quid on a quid. bottle of wine, on a drink. I know. It's not even a hot drink.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could heat it up on a fire, yeah, exactly. but it's probably going to ruin the taste. Yeah, totally. And I'm also, because I've done all the tastings, so I was like, I have tasted really expensive yeah. wine, yeah. but I, I know what... Um, so I think it's a similar thing. Like, not everyone... Th- there's an absolute place for Dido and James Blunt. And I think that's a really important thing that you said. Like, I remember reading this interview with Louis Walsh, where he was like, when people say... So and so shit, mm. um, you know, like any big act will get haters. But I feel like perhaps J- James Blunt, and he's so funny on Twitter, he's brilliant amazing. On Twitter. I mean,
0: absolute hilarity.
1: God, he, it's it's genuinely. I read it and I'm like, I'll never be as good as that. I'll never yeah. be as funny
0: as that. Like, how is it that he's? But, it's amazing.
1: Like with him, you can't say that he's shit. It's such a sort of juvenile thing to say because yeah. even though I listen to the really famous song of his and go this doesn't chime with me it doesn't move me like it doesn't excite me to listen to it it doesn't mean it's shit yeah it just means that that i can see that it's musically dexterous and that it's so catchy yeah
0: i I kind of argue that a a lot online of saying no no no, it's not to your taste yeah and even if it's something that's not to my taste it's still as like you're right there because anything in 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 the arts i keep referring to the arts i sound like that's such an idiot. but anything in those in those areas it's individual taste there's no yeah. right or wrong or good or sh- or or shit yeah you know? no it's that's kind of... true
1: and it isn't just a matter of semantics like it, people might go well i'll just say it isn't to my taste but i'll think that it's shit but if you say it isn't to your taste it still leaves you open and i think that's important yeah so you're I, it's more interesting to say, is isn't to my taste, but why do other people like it? Oh yeah, I can see why. But if you just go, it's shit, I think it makes you more closed. And if you're a creative person, I think it makes what you create narrower and narrower. Yeah.
0: Um, it, it, it draws me to, to look at stuff more. I don't know if it's a, a stubbornness, but if, if I see someone vehemently slagging off a particular song, that's big, it makes me go, right, I need to have a look at that. Because yeah. why do they hate it so much yet? Yeah. And, and, and a recent one was, a, a Rihanna's work and I got really into it because I, I honestly hadn't heard it and I'd heard everyone talking about it but it just it hadn't crossed my path and then one mate I did a Facebook post saying I've just accidentally heard this on the radio and it's awful and all this I was like wow I wonder it's weird it advertised it to me I was like I'll give that yeah. a listen yeah and well, the fact is it was a catchy pop song and yeah
1: well it's like me admitting that I like the X Factor like well not like I that I was watching it when we were yeah. making the spaghetti bolognese in the shape of the X Factor I don't watch it now but like, uh, people would be like, How can you really like Frank Zappa and really like the X Factor? Yeah. And it's like, Because they do different things for me on a yeah. Saturday night. I don't want to listen it's, to, like, I just want yeah. to, like, veg out in front of a telly. And
0: and, and context was key there, saying on a Saturday night, I've, I had someone only one time, I've been doing a club night for years now at the book club. And one time I had someone come up to me and going, Oh, oh what are you doing, man? Like, while I'm DJing, I was like, What? He's like, played the real hip hop on that and I don't play at my club night the same kind of hip hop I'd play on my radio show yeah. at XFM because the fact is if I'm if I'm in a club and I'm drunk, which generally if I'm DJ and I am, I wanna hear club bangers. I don't want to hear really thought provoking songs about her and things like that. It's yeah. like it's not what you want to hear in a club. You want to hear anti-app and you want to hear just these, these big s- songs. And as I said, it's, it's context. You don't have to agree with everything in the lyrics, for no, example, no, but in that no, context, don't. it's, it's right for that moment.
1: Yeah, you're right. And that's why it's And on Saturday pity. nights,
0: on Saturday yeah, nights X all X you factor, want is, <laughs> it's
1: very, in the of the X factor. T <laughs> <laughs> Wolf Blast. And uh, Wolf Blast, a lot of, um,
0: yeah, yeah they're getting advertising. They're yeah. getting a lot of love. Um, so, did you grow up in, in, in Derbyshire? Was yeah, it? born in Hull and grew up in Derbyshire. Yeah. Obviously, I've got access to Wikipedia um, <laughs> and bl- blown away by my knowledge here. But so, how was that, and, and what were you drawn towards? Because the exciting thing that I've got here is, is from you saying that you have always had the outlook of just saying yes to, tr- to to try many things, and that comes across in your career with all the different areas. As said, the first question of of what are you is the one that we don't ever need to answer, which is great. We can kind of get going on that. So uh, when you were growing up, w- was there kind of, oh, I want to be a comedian, or was there, I want to be an actress, or was it just, I want to do interesting what, stuff? You
1: yeah, know? I think um, when I was growing up, it was always actress, but then I started to write songs at about um, 11, I 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. So got the guitar and then I used to write little sketches and stuff and play all the different... Parts myself and record them on cassette tape, and I'm sure that if the internet had been around, then I would have put them online. It's probably very good that it wasn't, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but improvising this like play about a court case, where someone had stolen those of tennis rackets. Brilliant. But, I mean, it was all improvised. But I mean, you know, and we used to do plays. school. have, you got, very... have I, you got got them
0: anywhere now? My mum's probably got them in
1: like a shoebox somewhere. A, should, a, yeah, a, I should look try into and find that. them. Yeah, you find
0: if they're if they're wonderful in their innocence or horrendous in their pretension. Yeah,
1: you're right. I should because I got asked to do. There's a show called My Teenage Diary on Radio 4 right. that I got asked to do and I found my teenage diaries and I couldn't do the show because it was just too, like, sad. My diaries were just like, I hate life. I not it was really... Oh, there's,
0: there's a documentary on, on, on Netflix that's the same thing. It was a big live show that that got big in America of people yeah. just getting up and reading from their diary and someone recommended it and it it blew me away. I was just, I mean, I never had a diary, sadly, but it was just, you get again it's 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 similar i guess in a way to what i enjoyed um about things we do f- for love in that you get some ridiculous stuff and then out of nowhere s- something genuinely poignant will come through and you you won't be ready for that because you've been laughing at what idiots we all made of ourselves as yeah. kids and then it'll be this was a beautiful thing that happened when we didn't have that overhanging pressure of of sexuality or of anything else you yeah. know so yeah yeah interesting yeah. one but yeah that's you- my
1: favourite thing actually I think when that's why I love like Phil Kay yeah because it's like a child it's like a being in a childlike dream world Um and then he'll sort of say something incredibly profound yeah. and co- quite brutal and it sort of pierces through oh, that's
0: my favourite thing amazing um, so you, you started to write songs and then started improvising Yeah, so I started plays. to write
1: songs. Yeah, then there used to be this play called Mrs Morello's Hat Shop that me and my sister used to do with my friend Ruth. And Amazing. I would always, like, write it and direct it and it would be quite bossy, I imagine. God, but I was very shy, <laughs> though. but I think within, if I was secure enough, it was i was um very shy sort of outside the home and quite quiet mm-hmm. but i think when i got when it came to mrs morello's hat shop there was only one director and,
0: and it's beautiful because when you're in the confines of, of something that you can justify removing that shyness that's that that often seems to be a great trigger for people to find their creativity. it is like in general you, you're shy but here's a valid and reasoned excuse to not be shy because someone has to make Miss, Mrs. Mirela's hat shop work and yeah. come across correctly. The
1: audience is in the living yeah. room that Reggie...
0: I can't be... Sh- Art won't let me be shy right now because it needs it needs this to work.
1: <laughs> they needs to know what what happens to the trilby hat. Like, exactly. It was actually basically the plot of Mister Ben, but people Brilliant. used to put on a hat and then they'd be transported like Narnia
0: into amazing the yeah, simplicity. I
1: know. Um, so yeah, I used to do stuff like that, and I was always in like youth theatre and all that. But I was very much not a typical sort of like stage kid. Then um, mm. I I used to always get put on the back row and everything, so I was so quiet. But then at home. I would sort of do all these improvisations in different accents and stuff. So I suppose, like, looking back, that I was always destined to write my own stuff as well as, yeah. like, acting other people's stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it's the only thing... So when I had sort of some tri- quite troubled teenage years, um, like a lot of people, just sort of that thing of, like, growing up and going, oh, the world shit. The only thing that I could really hold on to was that I always had a crystal clear ambition that I was going to do acting and then writing
0: as well. So how was it when you got, um, I mean, obviously you've done a lot of work and there's, there's, there's too much to go through, but the obvious one to go to is Peep Show, which has become an iconic and classic comedy show. So how was it when that role came along? And as the show grew and grew i mean it all it was instantly quite big but then it seems to just really have taken on that iconic status as a a, how was that to to get in that moment and 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 run with it i guess
1: well i I didn't know when i went into it that i was ever going to be in for more than a series and at any point i never knew if i was going to be carried over to the next series so um i would have felt differently if someone had said to me when i got the part you'll be in it from series five to the end yeah um and i think in a way it was really good not to think like that
0: I say it must be nice because it makes you appreciate and really put everything into that moment
1: yeah definitely. thinking it's your
0: only chance to be there and be and be part of this i had yeah had michael soccer on the on, on the other week who's from this is england and from derbyshire as yeah, well yeah
1: Lawrence we, soccer's brother well, isn't he yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's
0: right and, and we realized that almost every series he's been in he's been brought in for a few episodes or one series and then They've kept him around, and it was a, it was a weird thing to go through. So, like, how did this come about? It's like, well, I was meant to only be in two. It <laughs> yeah, by the end yeah. of it, like, it's, again, it's a beautiful thing though, because I guess you then have, yeah, you're putting everything in there, and you and you're not arresting and on also, your role or like, got like less knowing,
1: pressure. Yeah. than someone going, you you know, you're gonna be in to so because you're like, oh, okay, I'll just do the, this bit, and then they and like you a scary and they commitment want
0: commitment yeah. as uh, uh, as well to think right. If I accept this role, that's because TV takes up a lot of time and it can be yeah, over long periods. Definitely. I'm when I Accepting did, it yeah. I may be turning down all these other opportunities. Yeah and you know?
1: have to like I think it happens in America more that you have to say like if this I think if you do a pilot often if you do a pilot in America you have to sign a thing at like a pilot stage yeah. saying like if i if this goes to series i'll make i'll be available for blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. but with shameless it happened like i did um the last series of shameless and i was a regular in that so i was sort of in manchester basically for three months and then i think with that i signed something that said if it goes again i'll i'll make myself available to be in it again it wasn't a guarantee that my character yeah. would be in it but you sort of have to say and then it didn't that became the last series so um but it's, i remember it's
0: scary of- with stuff like that because it seems that it'll always be with a Certain vagueness that you're agreeing to these things of course, but when it comes know, to it, you might get onto
1: set and it, be like, My name yeah, is Maria. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: But then when it comes to it, it's the biggest. Well, you did say, is it? Well, I know, you know, we it seemed vague originally, but yeah. that's
1: why it's hard. Well, that's why I think it's hard when you're just an actor, yeah, because you're you, you, I always think this when I'm filming, like, you're part of a machine, but uh when the camera's on you, especially when it's a close up, you can sometimes think, Oh my God, if I if I fuck up, especially if it's towards the end of the day, you think if I get my line wrong or if if I'm not if this isn't a great take, we have to go again. Um, and I'm
0: holding everyone up. Yeah, and absolutely. So and in a way many... you've
1: got a lot of yeah. power when you're an actor, say like someone of the level of um, I don't know, Ben Stiller or something yeah. just um, where he'll get asked to do something because he's Ben Stiller. And um, I think then you've got a lot of power and you can say, look, I'm not working on these days. And I imagine, you mm-hmm. know, um, but often you think I'm completely replaceable. And you hear of these things where people will go and film for a week or two and then they'll get recast. And it's nothing to do with their ability. It's just casting is a really tricky, delicate yeah. business. And, you know,
0: I think, I think that's a really good, As as scary as it seems, I think that's a a really good awareness to have, though, of the if you're not the lead big person of how replaceable it is, and therefore how you can't again, you can't arrest on your laurels or no, I don't think you can. You also can't stop being a
1: a dick, you know. And you do see it, I think, I think you see it start to happen when people become more successful sometimes that they'll be like, Oh, you know, just treating run as badly and stuff like that and i hate that i hate it i think you've always got to have it in you to be honest but i think some people it's allowed to come out yeah um uh, and i think you you can't be very happy if you're like that but i also think you can't really be like that for that long because um you might start to lose work i think even if that you're at the very top of your game um completely if
0: people don't want to work with because the the fact is and it ties in on on you were saying there if you feel again you're at the end of a day and you're holding people up you're holding people up who were there before you got there and will be there after you got there and i won't get to put the tv on and point and say look that's me yeah it's just just job they've got families to get back to and they don't even watch it rigging lights and doing all this other stuff so it's such so much more of a commitment in many ways on their part than on your part so yeah. it feels like it should be impossible to go well fuck that guy he's only the light and all
1: yeah or, or else it should be the
0: opposite of that but equally those people because they don't have that exposure and excitement they're the people that can go well, no he was a, a dick i don't want to work with him again yeah and I'd simple hate, as that i'd as hate any as stories
1: that. to go round about me where they were like she yeah. was a dick but i've only you heard don't a few go, there's okay, been two, okay, well, like, two or good. three at the most. yeah <laughs> <that's good. laughs>
0: no obviously it was obviously. santa yeah, it santa, was
1: santa thinks i'm dick for making his face up <laughs> yeah. but that you can't go the other way you can't go too far the other way where you're yeah. like oh, i'm so grateful to be here was that yeah. all right you know because yeah. um the, th- the other side of it is that if you're too kind of like grateful to be there and too nervous and you want feedback after every take and stuff that just won't happen because yeah. things move on really quickly so i feel like you're sort of always treading this tightrope between being healthily confident about what you're doing and trusting your own instincts yeah. um and not letting that spill over into being like i'm you know i'm the king of the castle I think the queen of the castle
0: as, as well what you said earlier of of having faith in the people you're working with Yes, yeah, so, so then important. you then you don't like that kind of thing of right if they think we've got that then they they're seeing it through the right lens and they're not seeing it from my point of view, they're seeing yeah. it from the point of view that's gonna be on the T V so
1: And you must find that too. Like and you said you started to do acting yeah. stuff and but with music as well, like don't you find that? I find that if I've if I've written something and I'm in it as well, um and I've got someone working with me, the director or someone giving yeah. me notes or whatever, um, or a producer, that if it's someone that I trust and I feel like We've got I hate the I hate shared vision because yeah. it sounds a bit like interior no, but it's designers. True, it's true, but
0: because again, it is if you trust them, then you know that that, that they're not just going to be each just patting you on the back and going, "Yeah, it's it's wonderful, yeah. is it? It's wonderful, they it's know perfect." What you, so,
1: yeah, they want you want them to push you where they feel it's necessary, but you also want you to be able to trust them to have an eye on things that you can't if you're kind of inside it. Yeah, but I it's, it's I think it's quite rare to find people. For me, I've I've only really got a few people who I feel like that about yeah. and I hope that as time goes on I'll get more of a kind yeah. of handful of people where I think you just know when it, you...
0: It kind of comes back, I think, to highlighting how I think you've got, intentionally or otherwise, a, a really good good balance on things in that there will be stuff that you want to work on alone and you want your own vision. Do you know what I mean? And not have that clouded um, other other input. But then there's also so many things that you'll work on that are by committee or are with that specific person who can help you or guide you in that way.
1: Yeah. And, and then it, it yeah. gives
0: you confidence in both. If you're doing something... Without yeah. that help, you've got that confidence because you've been doing other stuff that...
1: I think you're right. I think if you've in... got more than one project at a time, it's good. because I, I think you, you shouldn't really have loads and loads that so you don't have time to give up, give to individual things. But when I was auditioning for drama scores, I remember my mum saying, don't wait for the... Because statistically, you're unlikely to get into drama school because yeah. the competition's yeah. so fierce. So she was like basically don't wait for the rejection letter from school a apply to school b and get working on that audition before so that if you do get that letter saying no thank
0: you you can
1: focus on the next one rather than dwelling on because again it's you you know you can't control that you can only control what you do when you go in 100% and
0: And as you said there when that rejection comes in you're not sitting there are, are waiting for it. You're already prepared for what your reaction is. Yeah. It's not kind of oh damn now I'm now I've got nothing. You know, yeah. You're, and you're, you're focused.
1: Forward. I think it's so important to be creatively focused on the next thing. Yeah. So I think, but I think what I'd like to do more now is write. So it's write on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've written my radio show on my own and, and stand up
0: and, and stuff. And a award winning radio show on your yeah, own. Yeah, there it is. There's there. the old
1: amazing the yeah. Sony. It's a bit dusty. Um, <laughs> That's good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think um, all stand-ups are normally working on like a telly idea. Yeah. And I think what I've done in the past sometimes is gone. I've got to write a telly idea with someone else. I don't have a clue how to structure a, yeah. an episode of a sitcom. I've only. Whereas actually now I think I'd I'd like to have a go. I'm, you know, I'm writing something at the moment, a, a pilot, and I and I'm going to write it on my own yeah. because um, I think all. Well, if I write it on my own it might be better than I think it's going to be and then I can yeah. get someone to give me script notes as opposed to sitting down with someone I don't know very well or maybe have never even met properly and going um, should we write a sitcom about people who maybe live in a big house who, together or who, know who
0: could be there for the same reason as you of thinking oh i don't know what i'm doing i need to sit down with someone else coming so then it's like well now i'm getting advice of someone who doesn't know any better than me they thought i'd be just as good if i was doing it on my own you know
1: sometimes two people can be great but for whatever reason it doesn't quite gel gel. so individually yeah um so i think that's my plan next to sort of do uh, do stuff where i've been perhaps trying to lean on other people a little bit for the wrong reasons on my yeah, own and then just yeah. seeing what happens yeah
0: yeah it's exciting and um, well I mean we're well over over the hour mark but there's a couple of more things I want to kind of get on I want to quickly talk about um you mentioned it f- very briefly earlier. it's beautiful I've, I've hardly had to look at my notes because it seems oh oh I wanted to talk about that um you mentioned the Edinburgh Fringe briefly earlier and what kind of excited me is I think you're one of the first people I've had on who've been there as an actor who's been there as a stand up who's you know who's been there in, in numerous guises and, and 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 forms how do you find it in the different ways and in the different forms is there one that you' found more in- enjoyable if you're acting in someone else's piece or if you're performing your own stuff or
1: um well I think it depends what you're doing uh and I think it depends what you need out of it at the time yeah, so sure. I always had a I, I love... So until I started doing shows there, yeah. Edinburgh was, like, uh, the most amazing place on earth to me, Edinburgh yeah. Festival. I love the city as well, but, I mean, during festival time, like... It's just amazing, is Yeah, it? it's incredible. And my dad was Scottish, so I've been up there, like, every year since... Yeah. Since I was about three or four, and I sort yeah. of remember going to see this puppet show called Ivan the Slog that was sort of this amazing sort of retelling of biblical stories, but wow. with the main characters, a slog, and all this mad, mad, like, dance stuff. And, um... I used to go and see lots of different stuff when I was a kid yeah. and when I was a teenager, I didn't really used to go and see that much stand up till I got to about 20 and still I didn't necessarily know that I'd end up doing stand up. I, you know, I would have thought that hopefully I'd go into comedy acting at that point, but, or maybe some kind of sketch thing, but I didn't really know I'd do stuff on my own. Yes. Um, and, uh, The first show that I ever did there was called Frog in Love in 2003. And that was a kid's show that I'd been doing like around Norwich and stuff. And then it got a run in Edinburgh. So that was quite a nice way of easing into doing Edinburgh. Because I was sort of done by like one in the afternoon, which is pretty early you can go and take
0: things in you're not clashing with anything that you're going to be that hyped about
1: yeah that's right go and watch go and watch lots of stuff and I did a little bit of stand-up up up there that year and then I did a bit more the next year for the comedy zone in 2005 which is like a package show so it seemed like I slowly but surely worked up to doing a full hour I did like a sort of sketch show come play in 2006 based on the take a break magazine that was loads of fun Amazing. Um, yeah so I never I feel like I didn't prematurely do an hour I think sometimes people feel under that pressure or they feel under pressure to do like half an hour with someone else and i think what you don't want and then to do
0: have to do a new one every year that's the thing that always blows me away as as a musician where you get to tour the same shitty songs you you wrote 10 years ago over and over again the thought of the fringe every year it's like right no that's and now that's over that's all dead and it's on to the next thing let's Oh, it's it's hard.
1: It's hard. Yeah, it's hard because with your first show, your first show tends to be better than your second on the whole. I think unless yeah. you come up with a really outlandish idea for the second, because you've got so much material to choose yeah. from from the first.
0: It's the whole, Ideally, whole first album thing. It's yeah, got, you, you, you spend your whole life writing yeah. your first album, and then you've got a year to write your second. You know? Completely.
1: Yeah. It was definitely the case with me. Like my yeah. 2007 show was loads better than my than my 2008 one, but yeah. I learned a lot from doing the 2008 one. Um, and then I had a break, like. I, then I was always working over that period, so the decision was made for me, and I was always really relieved if, like, yeah, peep show often filmed in August, yeah. and I was like,
0: "Oh my god, I don't have to do Edinburgh, That's so cool. I've <laughs> got a reason, and oh, no, I don't have to explain yeah, it to exactly, anyone. No, I've got a yeah, valid no one's reason. Go, oh,
1: you're lazy. You should be doing. So Sorry, yes, have you heard of peep show?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, not a peep
1: show. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, well, let's kind of I wrap things up with. Obviously, your your book came out at the beginning of the year, and. I believe you're doing a book tour of it at the end of the year. Yeah. Number one, how did the book come about, and and and, and what's the basis of it? And number two, what are you going to be doing on the book tour? Because I've I've got a book I, I coming out in August that's based on the podcast. And I can't really tour it because it's all segments from the podcast. Unless I do but impressions of the guests,
1: to, you get a couple of guests per show. I, I, get, get,
0: get, get some people along and do mini podcast kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of different ways to do it. Yeah, but, but it might we yeah, could be what, dressed up as them? And um, I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. Just try and do everyone's accent. And then, so You've done this done is love a segment. Already, from, I've done. I've done love. Love. Yeah. love I've got that nailed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, what was the book and what? How did it come um, about? The book came so about. That must have been a huge. It, it's. We spoke about not wanting to feel grown up. Being becoming published feels so grown up in, 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 in all the right ways. Yeah,
1: you know? I suppose. Yeah. It does. It It was, it was good when they delivered. I, I didn't realise that I'd like deliver a few. Yeah. And I, I opened this box and it was like there and I was like, mm. Oh my God, it's in there's something quite horrible. nice about being a tangible thing. Yeah. Um, it came about off the back of my radio show, mm-hmm. um, and had a meeting and we sort of talked about it, w- what I would write about if I wrote a book and, and, and stuff. And, uh, I um, I thought that the most interesting thing for me would be to write about my late 20s just because I was still kind of going out quite a lot and partying and was single while a lot of my mates were in relationships and I'd sort of come out of a serious relationship that I thought perhaps would be like the one. So then that was where the title came from, the actual one. one. It was like whether there is this sort of one for you. Um, And obviously now I am settled, I'm engaged and I've got a baby and analysis is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um but I didn't write about that in the book because I didn't want it to be this sort of I had this uh, umming and ahhing about it a lot but I didn't want it to get to the end and and, and be like and then, and uh, then I no met it's just the like one. oh god yeah. <laughs> that's so so the book kind of became this um examination of what it means to be single and why that isn't a bad thing at all and how annoying it is I mean, when
0: it's beautiful that you had to edit real life because you didn't want a, a, a sugary happy ending that's that's a great thing that well, you've managed I, yeah. to get that Is I really, nice and also situation. i've got to write
1: a second book so i was like maybe i need to hold something back yeah, yeah. nothing interesting happens to me anymore now i've got baby <laughs> um but yeah i didn't i certainly didn't want people to I, I wanted it to be like a little chat where i was just talking to someone over a beer and yeah. kind of spilling my heart out and then i just didn't when i watch stuff and it and it feels you know, like I know the person and it feels yeah. quite warm. It always annoys me if at the end they, like when I saw, um, Oh my God, what's it called? Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, um, Ben Stiller and a blonde lady. And they play, um, a couple who, um, who kind of befriend a couple in their twenties and they, they like go out partying with them and stuff. I
0: don't know it. I'm I can't remember it.
1: it. It wasn't, it didn't come out that long ago, but, um, In it, um, it's really funny, and Ben Stiller and, um, oh God, I can't remember her name, but she's great, I think she might be called Naomi, Befriend This Younger Couple. It's a really funny film. Um, It's about, it's kind of about when to grow up and, like, they kind of rediscover their youth and, and they they don't know if they want kids or not and um it's a really really fantastic film and then it, in the very last scene they've adopted a baby and it feels so unnecessary i yeah. think it feel. i was like oh no don't it, it feels like you don't didn't have to do that, that it, it was so to, american but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. i loved the film and then the, just that last yeah. bit i was like oh it's so annoying that they that they felt they had to put that on someone must have been a bit like oh no we need you know i much prefer it when it's just yeah. finishes and you go yeah that was like a slice of life I, I,
0: I think it's great on 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 when creating obviously everyone takes influence from the, the how they would like their work to be or something that they oh, i'd love to be in that league but i think it's also great to take inspiration from how you don't want certain things to be and that's a similar thing there although you love the film and i really like, did i laughed
1: like, throughout i don't
0: want that i don't want that happy yeah, I ending really i don't important. want that unnecessary ending because it's not yeah. real you know
1: yeah it just felt like Yeah, it just felt like he kind of invested in these characters and then it was like, I don't really believe that, I don't believe that bit. I just don't, yeah. Um, Whereas Victoria isn't like that. She does not adopt a baby at the end. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, you've got to see that. But yeah, Spoiler alert. (laughs) Oh yeah, she doesn't. (laughs) I only watch films where people adopt babies at the end, thank you. Um, Yeah, um, I really enjoyed writing it as well. I was like, I didn't know if I would feel kind of a bit flummoxed by how long it had to be and everything, but I really, really got into it.
0: (laughs) Did you have any specific techniques or approaches? Because again, it's again, it's something that people are often scared to sit down and write yeah. a book because it's like I don't know how to. Well, or, 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 or was it just a case of right? Well, how you write a book is you sit down and you write a fucking book. Yeah, don't just start it. Mess about it. with it. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I also had to write like five thousand words for them to show them what it would be like, and that was really helpful. So I sort of had these. So when I started start. off, I had a chunk that wasn't the beginning. So I think the hardest thing is starting it. Right, yeah, it was yeah, quite yeah. nice to have a bit of, like, meat for the middle bit. Yeah. Um, and then my system was I used to get up and not look at any – not look at my phone or ideally not talk to anyone and just, like, make a coffee and um, some, like, cereal or whatever and then just sit at the computer. and I'd normally write 2,000 words and then that'd be it. So I was normally yeah. done by sort of midday.
0: That's great. It's It's similar – uh, when we had Danny Wallace on he had a similar thing of saying setting himself a daily 2,000 word goal and the way he he did it was he'd have, he'd have four squares and he got to cross one out each time he'd do 500 and maybe once he's crossed out two he'll have some lunch or have a little break yeah, that's and come back and, and things like that which were just so simple and such achievable targets as well because cause 2,000 isn't an insane amount and yeah, it's, it's 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 weird. As soon as anyone uh, says these things, it sounds so easy and so obvious. But it's, often it can be hearing that. I mean, you go, all right, yeah, I can, I can <laughs> yeah, possibly I achieve can, that. Yeah. So, so how was it when you completed it and got to hand it in and got to go?
1: Damn, it was good, I'm but it never book. felt like there was never like a seminal moment where I handed it in because I was right. handed in the first draft. Then we and had then, a, then I had back. Betty, so um, in the right, middle. Then, then I had a meeting. Um, with the editor and then we sort of talked about, and we made quite a few changes to the structure of it and stuff. So I thought, oh God, I've got quite a lot of work to do. So then I, um, started tentatively. To not have
0: that, that, yeah. that clear end as well. No, didn't, it's it like... never
1: felt, I suppose at the launch it felt like it was finished. Like I really yeah. couldn't change anything then yeah. unless I went into each book with biro <laughs> <Yeah>. and like, <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah <laughs> if but someone
0: brings a book up to be signed they go oh thank yeah. you just give me 10 minutes just need to
1: <laughs> Yeah there's a bit I am really oh, it's, God, it's really here. grating on me about <laughs> the way I worded my feelings <laughs> I, Yeah um, but yeah I suppose when I and then when I made it, even when I did the audio book, me yeah. and the, the the producer was still like, oh shit, that's that's like that's wrong. And so I was emailing her the editor every day and being like, is it too late to change Can it? We so we like change a it week on the before it meant to print or something. But yeah, I, it's, um, I think I like when it. I got it, when I got yeah. it, I felt like this is done.
0: Yeah. So, so what's the plan with the book tour? Because being ex- you've or oh, obviously you've toured him as comedians have a tendency to tour relentlessly and and. It, and insanely so is it kind of a nice a sensible run and, and what are you going to yeah. be doing on the on the tour
1: well I've done um, so I've done some of the tour shows sort of a couple of months ago mm-hmm. um, I did like a handful of them and yeah. it, it's going to be quite nice to go back to it in autumn it's, it's in it,
0: September isn't it I yeah. Think them, yeah
1: yeah I might be doing some dates in London in August as well so I'll put, I'll put it all on Great. on my website but um, I think um, it's I think it's a, hopefully a good mix of um, there's some readings in it but what I've done is I've changed a lot of the stuff that I was reading into more stand-up-y stuff so that I'd still right. do the same material but tell it rather than read it. Because what I was finding at, at early gigs was it was a bit like, no, well, this feels a bit too much like a book reading type event and yeah. I'm doing gigs in, like, art centres and um, and stuff where it doesn't feel quite right for me to be doing. So then, yeah, I sort of tweaked it a bit so it feels hopefully just like a chat with me where well, there's a few That's songs in the sheet music in the book. Oh, um, right. wow. Yeah, just a few songs because I... yeah I sort of talk about how I used to write songs when I was little and stuff and I put those in so I put those into the live show and then um, yeah I I really like doing it it feels to be honest it feels like a more easy show to perform than like say Pearl and Dave my my last hour show because that was a long form story where I played all the different characters and it was much more scripted. I yeah. couldn't improvise at all once I'd started. And it was hard if latecomers came in because I always had this quandary about whether to sort of come out of the story and be like, this is what's happened. I sometimes I did, I and an then update. thought, ah, that's, yeah, felt much yeah. more delicate and yeah. just a different show. Whereas this just feels um, quite, ca- not casual, but chilled, just like a kind of chat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, it's completely unhelpful and. And irrelevant, but it made me think I saw a Rob Alton at the Edinburgh Fringe once, and I love Rob Alton. Yeah, yeah, me too. amazing. And he had someone come in, and it fits his style perfectly, but he had someone come in mid, a mid-set and just come in and look a bit and walk out again. And he just paused and then just, just went to the audience... Did you all see that? Was, like, I just wanted to check that yeah. that was actually and there. Was just, just, just a real confusion of his, if <laughs> yeah. that was an actual person. And it's just a beautiful moment of dealing with that. But again, I yeah. can. that's so much harder if you're telling a story. Because yeah. it's coming out of the characters and coming out of the. Yeah. And it feels harsh if you tick that box thing at a, a theatre where it says that latecomers can't be admitted and stuff like that. I did like do that, that man, in Edinburgh,
1: though. Like, I said they couldn't come in after. It must be I could it, use the chat a it bit. It's horrible top. to do, but it's right.
0: Yeah, I sort
1: of, I ticked it and then I was like, I'm going to forget I ever ticked that. Yeah, yeah, that
0: wasn't me. That was another me. So so where can people... Keep up to date on everything that is Izzy is, is Um
1: I've got a website called izzysooty.com. I don't really, I'm a bit of a Luddite with technology. So I think it's just got all my tour dates on it. Yep. But that is um, sort the of place. The, the place to go. And I'd love, you know, I'd love people to come and see me live. And then I've got Twitter. I don't do it myself anymore because I was just getting a bit like, nah, Twitter. It just felt a bit. So at the moment, my yeah. um, my
0: PR lady yeah. who's
1: lovely runs it for me. That's great. Um, but I talk to them a lot about what I'm doing and they tweet about what I'm doing. And again, so. that's
0: perfect. There, there's All of these uh, social medias, again, it's flexible and it's, it's using it in the way you choose totally. to use it. I might it. well
1: sort of in a few months be like, oh, I'll, I'll go back on it. Yeah. But I just needed
0: a bit of a break. At the moment, it's the perfect place to just get updates on what you're doing. Yeah, and that's, exactly. again, yeah. people have a weird, particularly with comedians, there's a strange pr- pressure. And I know Adam Buxton, when he first joined, he felt really uncomfortable with this, was there was a pressure... To be funny every day, to give someone some material every day, but it doesn't have to be that. It could be a point where it's just, oh, I've not spoken in a week or two. Here's some important stuff that's yeah. happening. You're up to date now, yeah. and in a way, that's easier to follow than someone who's, who's filling your timeline up every every nonsense. day with, yeah. with nonsense. Yeah. So, well, that's perfect. Well, thank you very much for coming on and chatting. And it's yeah, a again, particularly at the end of the podcast, I recommend everyone goes and checks out uh, things we do for love. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing even more that comes there.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank
0: you. You've been
1: listening to Scrooge Picks Discretion and Pieces.
0: How bloody lovely is Izzy Sooty? It was it was wonderful to get welcomed into her house and just to hear and again inspirational to hear her work ethic, her work approach, her um, ability to to balance things from career and family and all sorts of things. So yeah, that was a lovely one and uh, and, and lovely to chat. So delighted to get in there. Um, to get in there. That sounds like uh, get in there delighted to be welcomed into her house by her um, and her man and, and and have a good chat. Um, next week's podcast I'm really excited about um, and it's a wrestler and some people aren't into wrestling and often you'd think oh I'm not into wrestling so I won't uh, listen but, but this is one I really recommend you listen to because it's an amazing story. It's a young man called Will Ospreay who if you're into wrestling you, you'll probably know he's hyped to be one of the best of all time he's 23 and he's already achieved huge amounts he's yeah he's doing things that no one's ever done in the wrestling ring he's absolutely amazing i've have seen him live twice and i've watched a load of tape of him and it's just mind blowing but what's absolutely fascinating is he's a 23 year old kid kid from Essex whose parents supported him in his wrestling and and i I I I won't give any spoilers but did certain things to really help out his his career and development his dad you know, takes him to every show and all this kind of thing and has been hugely supportive. But the thing that really excites me is he's holding down a day job on a, on building sites and it's crazy because he'll, like, a few weeks ago, he had his debut at New Japan Wrestling, which is one of the biggest organisations in the world. You'd probably say there's WWE and then there's, there's a New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, he had his debut there. He signed a big contract are with them they're hugely excited about him he's going to be a massive star and again just bear in mind a new japan is where so many people have gone from new japan to wwe and and become huge stars so he had his debut in new japan and wrestled an emotional match in 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 the podcast in fact there are there are tears it gets emotional there's there's reasons that it's a very yeah it's 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 man it was an intense podcast to, uh, to be part of, but he wrestles in front of eleven thousand people, and then a few days later, he's back in Essex on a building site, um, are putting down mastic, sealing uh, uh windows and, and 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 showers and whatnot. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. It's it's it's, it's a hell of a story, and I think you are going to enjoy it. So, I highly recommend you tune in and next week for, for episode ninety eight with a, a Will Osprey, I love doing this podcast and it not just being about who's most famous w- what big famous names can we get on here I mean I, there's a part of me as well I'm genuinely convinced that Will is going to at some point be the best in the world so it's good for me to have a podcast with him at the age of 23 talking about all that's ahead and the early stages I guess of his career so I'm not going to lie there's a selfishness there as well but I like the fact that we have people who don't You don't have to have heard of these people. You don't have to be knowledgeable of their industry or their work to enjoy the podcast and the interview. So, yeah, that is that. I'm going to stop now and let you all go. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, If you could rate and review us on iTunes, that genuinely makes a difference. I know every podcast says that at the end and you just ignore it because that's what happens. I'd do it. But if you could actually just, you've ignored it, now I'm going to repeat it. And if you could just go, all right, well, quickly, I'll just open it up. On the iTunes, and if you're listening on iTunes, and I'll rate it. I mean, and my lucky number happens to be f- five. So, if you want to give a five star review, then that's just swell. Um, but yeah, it all helps in the charts and in in pushing us out there, and it helps us get sponsors that push it out there as well, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. I'll be back next week with episode 98. We're getting close to that 100 mark. Hot damn. Yeah, I'm going to stop talking now. See you in a bit.